Hello everyone, welcome to Books That Work, the best and most useful bits of business books. I'm Anna Hughes and my professional purpose is to help people love their work. We've probably all worked in great organisations with great leaders and great teams and unfortunately we've probably worked in places where this hasn't quite been the case. My hope with Books at Work is that we share ideas, we share new ways to do things so that we can learn and grow and make work better. This is our Books That Work pilot. We were going to try some things and test a few things as well. I'm delighted that our first book is called Changemakers, Making More Impact with Less Drama. It's written by Wellington-based Digby Scott, and I want to thank Digby for joining me later in this conversation. So the whole concept behind Books at Work is that every couple of weeks, we'll take a business book, speed read it, have a conversation with the person who wrote it, and then end with five things that we can either do differently, act on, or adopt to make work better. Let's get the speed read started. I've chosen the Changemakers book for our pilot because it's damn motivational, and there's a heck of a lot of stuff in here that you can act on, try, to help work out how to make change better. It starts with the journey of a changemaker. We all know that making change is hard. According to Digby, we're going against the grain, we're going against the rules. The Changemakers book helps activate and cultivate a changemaker mindset and gives tips on how to take action. The journey of a changemaker starts at one end with what Digby calls the sleeper. This is where change happens to you through to the other end when you're a change maker. This is where there's a depth of wisdom when you make change. You have gravitas, but you also have a refreshing lightness when you make change. We'll talk to Digby more about that change maker journey when we chat to him shortly. The change maker journey though is underpinned by four C's, conviction, curiosity, connection, and courage. We'll talk a little bit more about each of those now. The first C is conviction. This is the fuel for change. What's stirring inside you? What's your deep belief about what's important? And what would you give up to pursue your conviction? There's an exercise in the book where you plot your highs and lows over your life. And then you step back and look at those experiences and work out what has brought you alive. What were the lows? What was missing? What did those times teach you? Take a step back and work out the six words that sum up what you stand for. Once you know that, what can you do to create a better future from that information? What would be the big question that you'd want to answer? Think about it in terms of what lights you up and what makes you angry. The second C is curiosity. This is what keeps us learning. According to Digby, humans are wired to ask why, way back from when we were kids. Curiosity creates innovation and change. We're encouraged to find ways to dial up our curiosity by looking at ourselves, looking at others, and looking at the world, and being curious about them. How do you dial up curiosity? Start with curiosity about yourself. If we do that, we bring awareness about who we are and what we stand for. Simple questions you could ask, how might I be wrong? How might I be coming across? And what have I learned from today? The third C is connection. This is the bridge to other people. 
through connection, we can get traction when we're making change. What's our network like and how do we build that? And how do we build that community to get behind change? You already have a network. Have a think about, is it the one that you need to make change? Who else do you need to cultivate? Who do you not need to worry about when you're making change? And the fourth C is courage. I think I like this one best because all of us can be courageous every day. Courage comes from your conviction. It distinguishes the bold from the bland. It's not the same as confidence. Courage is when you face something scary and you do it anyway. And confidence is what you get once you've done it. So try some things to be more courageous. Speak up and out. Challenge the stories you're telling yourself and try things. Experiment. Test things. Do things differently. These are the four C's of change making, and I love the way Digby summarises the book, where he says, you're already making an impact. The question is, is it the impact that you want to make? Let's talk to Digby a little bit more about some of these concepts so that we can really take away things to use and try and do things differently. Digby's on the line, welcome. Hey Anna, and hey everyone, nice to be here. So one thing I wanna start with Digby is to find out where are you at the moment? So I'm at home in Plymouthton, which is just north of Wellington CBD, about 30 k's north, and um, looking out at a beautiful sunny day, uh, very windy day, but it is Wellington, so. So Digby, what's the view like out your window at the moment? Straight out the window, I'm looking and I can see the South Island of New Zealand and across to the Marble Sounds, and in front of that is the ocean, which is covered in waves, which is my favourite view. <laughs> Be so yeah, it's really windy in Wellington today, and so it'll be interesting to see whether we hear any of that um, that wind noise in our conversation. So really keen, Digby, to kind of understand a bit more about this book, and uh, we've done a summary in the Books at Work podcast already. Who is a change maker? What is a change maker? Can anyone be a change maker? Well, let's answer the the last question first. I think anyone can be a change maker. Um, it really comes down to what sort of change do you want to be making? And I think you know, the human condition is to, I believe, want to make things better, make things different uh, in for you, perhaps just for your own world or perhaps for society at large. And so a change maker is someone who is decided that they do want to make a difference um, basically beyond themselves and make a difference in, in their community or their organization or the world at large. And I call them the restless go-getters. They're the ones who, if you think about there's, you've got a job description when you've got a job, but these are the people who think beyond their job description. So they're thinking, okay, well, here's what I'm here to do, but actually what I really want to do is something more. So there's this restlessness, this hunger to make some positive change happen. Uh, that's to me the, the epitome of what a change maker is. So in our summary of the change maker book, we've talked about the change maker journey. So the sleeper at one end and the maker at the, at the other. Can you explain a little bit more about that? What's all that about and how have you come up with that model? Great. So uh, there's a four, it's a four stage model. It is a journey, I suppose. So yes, sleeper, seeker, player, maker is the, sort of the, the order of the journey. 
uh, and it's a maturity model. Uh, and it comes, so how do I came up with it was it's based on uh, adult development and the adult development research that studies uh, what they call maturity of mind or, or complexity of mind. And the idea being that if we are wanting to be able to affect change uh, in our organizations, in our society, in our communities, uh, it's a fair bit of complexity that we're dealing with there. You know, it's not just a simple flick the switch and change happens, right? And so the idea behind the model is that uh, the, the more we're able to handle complexity, the more we're able to, be able to think in ways that handle complexity, then the more effective we're going to be able to be at making change happen. So down at the bottom, the sleeper is, if you've seen the, the movie The Matrix, uh, people in The Matrix who aren't aware that there's a matrix are asleep to it. And so they are subject to the forces that change and really don't have any perspective on the world around how they might want to be making any change happen or the forces at play. And so uh, this idea of sleeper is if you're in sleeper mode, then you're probably not going to be as effective as a change maker because you really all you are uh, able to do is to be able to respond or react to the forces at play. The job at Seeker is to, sleeper I should say, is to wake up. And waking up means to actually to, to wake up and say, oh, actually, hang on, there's this whole world here that I could actually have some effect on and make a, make a difference to. And when we wake up, it's often like, okay, I can see what needs to be different, but I have no idea how to make that happen. And as a result, there's that restlessness. So you could say there's a frustration. And it's almost like, okay, I'm really struggling to make traction. I'm, uh, I'm, and I'm seeking. I'm seeking a sense of direction. I'm seeking a sense of traction. I might be seeking a network or a sense of connection with people uh, that can help me get on with it. I might be seeking a sense of purpose or meaning in my work. And there's this kind of like this the metaphor might be another metaphor might be it's like a fire that's staying trying to get going but all that's coming out is smoke and there's no real heat yet you know and so it's a sense of frustration there's this seekingness going on from there the so the job there is to is to step up and it's to step up and go okay hang on so i've got this restlessness what do i do with it and learning to focus that energy in a smart way uh into something positive change making efforts and so we're moving then into the player space and it's a bit like this the player on a field you have some agency you're contributing to the outcome of the game you are being a positive uh, force uh, for making something happen and player is where stuff starts to move and the idea of being in player is that we're starting to shake things up so we've woken up we're stepping up and now we're shaking up and where with player is so powerful is that we can challenge the status quo without worrying too much about what people might think of us or breaking the rules or uh, or really second guessing ourselves and we can we we always have that stuff but it's sort of we we can put that into the background and go okay i'm going to actually go and make some stuff happen here run a bunch of experiments try stuff out see what happens and you get the sense of momentum and as a result of it often a little sense of confidence but there's this one last stage, which is the maker stage, which to me is kind of where we want to be. And the difference between player and maker is a sense of lightness. Uh, when we're in player, it's kind of like we're really trying hard and we're really trying to shake the shake the tree, shake the cage. 
And when we're in Maker, we're sort of like, we're still taking the mission that we're on seriously, but we're kind of a bit lighter about it. We kind of can joke about it and not hold it too seriously or not hold our ourselves too seriously. And I often think of someone like Nelson Mandela as the ultimate maker because he, or the Dalai Lama is another one. There's, they have this lovely laugh that's infectious, but man, do they take their work seriously. So it's this kind of a juxtaposition between gravity and levity that I reckon makes the maker. So we're aiming, well, my personal mission to have is, is to have as many makers in the world as we possibly can have. So I love that, Digby. I am a bit frightened by your example of a change maker, Nelson Mandela. Um, that sounds huge. Ah, um, yep. Yeah, so it just I guess that leads us into the, the whole idea of conviction. Uh, I want us to talk about the four C's which underpin the change maker model. Talk to us about that concept of conviction. What is it? Whatever you believe in, that's not about yourself, it's about something for the world it's so important you can't not do it you can't not pursue it and it's a it's more of a gut thing than a head thing to me it's like something that you care about so deeply uh that it's like this is so important that i really can't let this go and often when i say if you're trying to lock onto what is your conviction about us uh it's listen to what you can't let go of you talk in your book about the big question, and there's some exercises in there to try to work that out. What What is this big question concept all about? <laughs> yeah, so a big question is just a way of, of codifying what your conviction is all about. And it's phrased as a question because I think uh, the, the root behind the word question is quest. And it, it's we're on a quest as a change maker to make a difference and to have a question that encapsulates what you're trying to change is really the essence of this idea of a big question. So an example of a big question is, uh, and, and this comes from one of the, the people in the change makers tribe, a lady called Gillian Brooks, how can I um, uh, contribute to making uh, people and planet the heart of our economic systems? So in that big question, she's implied, how can I contribute? But also it's about something beyond her, which is people and planet at the heart of our economic systems. And it's a massive question that may not ever be fully answered in her lifetime. And so it's a possibility to live into. And it, what it does by having a big question, it sort of elevates you into this kind of lifelong mission. Uh, okay, this is the thing I'm about. And it might change over time, but it gives you a focal point. And it's sort of like if you, it's the distinction between a fluoro light and a laser light. A fluoro light will light the room up, sure, but a laser light will have piercing focus and it'll cut through in ways that a laser light can never do. So this is about getting laser-like with your conviction. Just keen to understand this concept of curiosity. How does that fit in, the, in, in this, this world that you're talking about? We can never know everything. Uh, but we might as well try. <laughs> and uh, I, I think of Carol Dweck's research in growth mindset versus fixed mindset. And, you know, what that's proven is that uh, people that have more of a, a learning mindset, that there's always more to learn and we're never done, uh, is this idea, which is what I call curiosity. Uh, and I think about three curiosity in three lenses. There's curiosity about yourself. So how am I wired? How do I, what makes me tick personally? How are you wired? So how, how are, if I'm, if I'm engaging with you and you're my audience, whatever it might be, 
how do you, how do you work and what makes you work? And this is the empathy, essentially curious about someone else or other people. And then the third lens is how is the worldwide? You know, how does, how does the world work? What are the forces at play that I need to understand if I'm going to be able to navigate making change happen? And so to me, without curiosity, all we have left is kind of like a, a black and white worldview that as we've seen in so many situations, it can just trip us up. So to me, the opposite of curiosity is is really fixed judgment. It's this way or no way. And to me, it's a, curiosity is a much more open mind to go, huh, well, I might have a view and this might be right, but it may not be right. And I need to be able to understand the fuller picture. So essentially, it's about to be able to see the map uh, in a much more rich way through asking questions rather than saying this is the way it is how, how do you dial that up if you're not somebody who naturally is curious how, how do you learn how to do that great question i reckon the key is to become an experimentalist <laughs> so, uh, the idea of running experiments is nothing new uh, a good story that i love to tell is there's a fellow called bruce burrows who used to be a general manager at one of the big government departments here in new zealand and he used to get so much stuff done and make so much change happen just by calling stuff pilots. Call it a pilot. Oh, we're going to do this pilot. We're going to pilot a restructure of the team. We're going to pilot this new process just to see what happens. And <laughs> and if it was coming, no, this is going to be permanent. This is going to happen. We, he would have got massive pushback. But because everything was a pilot, what happened was not did he just get stuff done, but he also created a, a sense of curiosity in the people around because he was like, okay, we're going to try this. Let's see what we can learn, eh? And I was like, yeah, let's see what we can learn. So he kind of created these really curious cultures. I reckon it's about just inviting people to say let's have a play with this and see what happens as opposed to we need to make this work so i reckon it's if we boil that down it's actually all about language we say to ourselves we're just going to try it and see what happens as opposed to here's our project we need to nail it and yeah so to me how do you dial up curiosity just play with experiments and say try this and see what happens we're working on different experiments and what i'm loving about the process is that yeah i'm trying stuff but then I'm going back and reviewing and just saying, how did that work? Yeah. Hmm, that was interesting. I'll try something else again. And also I'm finding unintended consequences or unintended results, which are really exciting because it's it's there's, there's extra stuff that I'm learning out of the experiments. So thank you for, I, I love for that it. And, you know, and, and if you think about it, what you're doing with this podcast, what I'm doing with the entire Changemakers community, the more I call it a giant experiment, the more I can lighten up and I go, okay, we're just experimenting. Yeah, like this is serious work, but we're also learning as we go, right? So it gives me permission to just try new stuff without worrying about whether it's gonna be perfect. And so as a result, I actually get more stuff done and I'm learning heaps more in the way as well. Who wouldn't want that? And I think that's a really nice um, segue into the whole courage thing. Uh, it makes the, the, the courage piece so much easier and so much, um, less intimidating when when we talk about trying things. So tell us about courage. We've talked about it a little bit in the summary at the beginning of the podcast. Why does courage matter in a change maker or in the change maker context? Yeah, that's great. So so courage matters because when we're making change, by definition, there is no roadmap, right? And so we need to be able to take some leaps of faith and, and venture into the unknown. And I think the definition of courage is essentially taking action without being guaranteed of success and doing it anyway. 
It doesn't mean being reckless. It means thinking things through, but then still acting, knowing that you're not fully guaranteed of the outcome you would hope for. And there's potentially something big at stake. So, you know, it's about being able to move, keep moving, keep moving. And personally, what I found is by just making a call, not necessarily being guaranteed of success, having a curious mindset that goes with it, I build my confidence because I'm like, oh, I did that thing. Hi, oh, it, it did work. Or actually it didn't really work how it worked, but man, I learned. So now what I do next is this. And I've got this sense of progress that comes with it as opposed to a sense of kind of stuckness. So why courage matters is it gives us a sense of progress. It gives us a sense of confidence. And I think, you know, that's the key qualities we want to see in change making. So if you were to give one tip to people about how to build their courage muscle or be more courageous, what would it be? Oh, well, I'm going to channel Eleanor Roosevelt here and say, and I'll paraphrase, you know, do one thing every day that scares you. Now, that might be something really, really small, like saying hi to a stranger on the street or um, I don't know, um, reaching out to someone that you normally wouldn't, or it might be, I don't know. Uh, yeah, so something, anything that you just feel that little tingle up your spine. You go, oh, I don't know. And uh, I, I liken it to going to the gym, right? You don't go to the gym and um, and just lift, you know, 300 kilos or I don't know what you lift in the gym. That sounds a bit much actually, but you build it up over time. So you just go every day and you do a little bit more and then that just slowly builds up your courage muscle. So that would be my number one tip. Thank you very much for your insights. Thank you for taking the time to be our first guest on our Books That Work pilot. And yeah, looking forward to catching up again. Thanks, Anna. I love being your guinea pig. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I know this is going to be awesome. And I can't wait to actually hear the episodes two beyond, you know, as many as you do. I'll be a, your first subscriber. In every Books at Work episode, we're going to summarise in 60 seconds five key things to either do, act on or think about out of the book that we've had a conversation on. So here's the changemakers, take five. One, wake up. Anyone can be a changemaker. Two, work out what your conviction is. Plot the highs and lows of your life and work out the key things that bring you alive. Three, dial up your curiosity about yourself, about others and the world. Try just observing and seeing the stories that you're telling yourself about other people and the situation. Four, connect. What's your connection? Have you got the network you need? Does it help you discover, recover and deliver? And five, this is my favourite one, courage. How do we grow courage? We try things, we experiment. We say no when we usually say yes, or we say yes when we usually say no. And another tip, let go of the need to control things so tightly. That's the Books at Work pilot done and dusted. You can find the Take 5 infographic on booksatwork.co.nz. Please let me know what you think about Books at Work. What you like, what you don't like, what's missing ideas for books to have a conversation about. And I'd also love to hear how you might have tried some of the things we've talked about today and whether that's made a difference at work. I'm Anna Hughes, that's Books at Work, Making Work Better. <laughs>